Hi, this is Eric Chase, afternoon host on Cumulus Media Toledo's Q805 and your host for 68 Words. Our latest guest is Brian Holohan from the North Cape Yacht Club in LaSalle, Michigan. Brian is the liaison for Spectrum Sailing, which was founded by native Toledoan Scott Herman, who is looking to share his love with his autistic son. Now, sailing camps are held across the country, and Brian is here to talk about the one we just had and some of the area that are coming up. But once the kids kind of get over that, they get over that initial kind of fright, all of a sudden that sail catches, that wind catches, and you just hear the whoosh of the water. They're like, oh, I like this. And then we can give them what's called grinding, where they're they're pulling the sails in and they're tailing on the on the line to bring that sail in and see how the movement happens with the boat, giving them the opportunity to take the, the tiller on the boat and actually steer it. They're getting control. They're getting confidence. They're building their self-esteem. People, places, and spaces doing disability differently, sharing first-hand experience in our podcast. Inspired by the 68 words that sparked the disability rights movement, learn where it started and what's next. Hi, my name is Stuart James, and I'm the executive director here at the Ability Center, and welcome to 68 words. Now we're off and running, or I guess in this case, off and sailing. Yes. Brian, good to meet you. Thank you for having me. Um, we're here to talk about Spectrum Sailing, uh, something brand new to me. As someone with a uh, with uh, a bipolar 2 diagnosis, uh, a mental health advocate, um, I try to encourage people to do what works for them to feel better. My common example is uh, if... If you want to sit with peanut butter on your ears and it calms you down, don't do it near my dogs. Hmm. But um, whatever works for you, don't swap one bad vice for another. When people are just trying to get rid of stress or anxiety, they they hear about the trite things, the yoga, gym, take a walk. And sometimes we get stuck in that box. Sure. I, I'm guessing many would not consider sailing as an option for kids who have special needs and, uh, and autism. I, it's not the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> right. No, it's not a, yeah, usually an opportunity that many people have. What uh, is Spectrum Sailing? So Spectrum Sailing is uh, it's a nonprofit organization. And what we're doing is we are hosting sailing, uh, free sailing camps, usually about three days, for children who have autism who otherwise wouldn't able, their families or themselves wouldn't able to have the opportunity to get on a boat, learn how to sail, experience the water, uh, which is really something tranquil for, I think, a lot of people. It's, uh, it's for me, it, it's it's my happy place. So uh, I know that, that a camp just wrapped up. We're recording here on June 16th. There was a camp earlier this week. There is a camp coming up and I saw, it looks like there is still registration slots available for the one in Holland, Michigan, which is not that far away. No, that one's uh, yeah, that one's coming up. The next one is next week in Chicago, um, and then yeah, the, the 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 next one yeah would be Michigan. I believe that registration is still open, uh, and, and we will be bringing this back to Toledo uh, again next year. Great, great. How did the organization start? Tell me about Scott. Scott is Scott's an amazing guy. He's uh, down in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, where he's uh, living or has his family. He was uh, wanted his kid obviously to get into sailing since he's a sailor himself. And the sail camp, unfortunately, was uh, not able to accommodate his son, who has autism. The, um, I think the, the, the counselors in, uh, were just not uh, comfortable, equipped, right? Sure. They just, some people just don't have the skills. They don't have the experience. So um, Scott said to himself, I'm going to start my own sail camp for my son. And I, because he has, within his community, knows a couple of the kids that have autism. Got these kids sailing, got them on the water. Word got around. Turns out, uh, hey, other people in other cities want to want to have the same thing. So Scott, a couple of years back, started ramping this thing up. It's really been about two years now mm-hmm. that he's turned this now into this uh, nonprofit and is able to take this on to other cities. They've done about eight cities this year. Uh, we're going to continue to grow that throughout the country and uh, get, get kids uh, on the water who otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity. This is this is 
quite an operation. There are people who have best laid plans for a great business model and everything, and, and it doesn't work out. This doesn't sound like this was that. This happened almost by accident, by a father wanting to take care of his son. Scott's an amazing guy, and so is his family. Uh, and what he's doing for the community and for children that have autism in the families is just those are the people you want to be involved with and you want in your circle in life right so again this wasn't something he's going out and, and chasing yeah it was, it was, he saw an opportunity an opportunity with the kind of person he is to help others and to grow this community and in the sport it's something that he loves what's scott's son's name I'm not sure, actually. <laughs> I Little Scott. Had a chance to meet Scott him. Jr. Okay. Scott Jr. I haven't had a chance to meet him uh, yet. I totally get that a father wants to do everything he can for his son, but you mentioned uh, other people caught wind of this in the community, those uh, who have a, a child with autism or special needs, sure. and they fell in love or a great deal of like with it. What What do you think? What do you know? What has Scott passed along of why do they like it so much? What was the draw? What... I'll tell a couple of stories. The first one is, again, it's that opportunity. Oh, we're on water. I didn't think sailing was accessible. Some people still have that notion that, oh, you have to be wealthy or, you know, live uh, the high life to be able to get on a boat. That's not true. The sailing community is an unbelievably open community, especially in this area, Lake Erie, in the Midwest. Come on up. We'll get you on a boat. Don't know anything about sailing? We'll get you there. Don't worry. People are open. It's not a snooty, snotty community by any means, even though it has that tag of a yacht club. It, doesn't, it's not a yacht club field, it's a sailing community. Um, with the opportunity for these children to get on the water, what Scott has seen again, what the parents come back and have told him is, oh look, my kid wouldn't ride a bike. They wouldn't, um, they were just scared, couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Got the kid out on the water, got him on a boat, because they're out there, they're taken out of their element. And then they're also put in a safe environment, right? We do training on the water but they're getting that independence and they're learning a new skill. So one of the stories Scott loves to say, tell is that one of these parents came to him and said, after the sail camp, my kid got home, got on the bike, and is riding their bike now. And they're just equating that to sailing because the kids built some confidence in them, gave them the skill set, something that they didn't think they could do before, rolled over to the other uh, elements in their life. What is it about being out on the water? Obviously, out of the comfort zone is is one thing. Is there something about the the water where it it just seems almost endless, and it brings a a level of peace that some of these kids are unable to um, a, a peace or focus that they can't attain when they go to a park or something like that. It's just them and the water and whatever their imagination kind of settles with them. Yeah, I think so. So some of it too is sailing can be scary, right? The sails are making a lot of noise. They're flapping. The boat's healing. It's going back and forth. It's, you know, wobbly. Um, but once the kids kind of get over that, they get over that initial kind of fright. Um, they all of a sudden that sail catches, that wind catches, and you just hear the whoosh of the water, and it's very calming and relaxing. I think that was a really big element that happens with these kids. And again, they, they're oh, I like this. And then we can give them what's called grinding, where they're, they're pulling the sails in, and they're tailing on the, on the line to bring that sail in and see how the movement happens with the boat, give them the opportunity to take the, the tiller on the boat and actually steer it. They're feeling that, I'm driving this thing. I'm. I'm making this thing move. I push it, the boat does that. I pull it, the boat does that. They're getting control. They're getting confidence. They're building their self-esteem. They're, yeah, what makes them just happy. And again, you, when you're out there on the water, I think water for anybody, people love the water. Water gives a calming element. It's, it's that whole beach life too, right? Just aside from the whole Margaritaville kind of thing about sure. island life. It gives a sense of peace and calming. And that's what that's what I think sailing also brings to people. Maybe. 
it feeling like it's too far off for some people, just the snooty crowd, the yacht club, mm-hmm. club crowd, where it's not as accessible as some people think, even though you, you do say otherwise. Not every kid can just like jump out of the house and ride on their bike like they do, or you jump on a boat. Maybe because it is so unique and so different. Um, it, it is such a great elixir for these kids where, as we started off saying, um, hey, you're not feeling well, you're stressed, anxious, go take a walk, go to the metro parks, uh, ride a bike, have a workout. Sure. But a lot of that, that stuff doesn't work for everybody. They need something a little a little bit different. They're sitting with the peanut butter on their ears like my dogs. Right. And maybe this is the perfect elixir for a lot of these kids. And it's got to be because of how quickly this operation has just blown up. I saw that there's a there's a lottery for, for the registration. Yeah, there's a lottery. So, because again, we've got kids coming in. What we try to do this year because of the lottery, we can only take 10 kids in the morning, 10 kids in the afternoon. So we get 20 kids for the camp. We were offering them to come up and have a beach day up at the up at the club as well so the families come up the kids still get on the water see the water get on a spectator boat see what sailing's all about we could still get them on one of the bigger boats uh, i guess we call them yachts but boats that are like 28 20 30 40 feet uh, get them on the water still see what a sailboat is and function um, that's kind of and, and be part of that community so again we, the club also does offer like adult learn to sail programs too so if the parents wanted to get up there, get involved, then it comes with a free member, uh, three free month membership to again come and explore what club life is like and being a part of the of the yacht club and get on the sailboat. And people are very open, and again, I think that's part of this why we did Spectrum Sailing with North Cape Yacht Club is knowing. I think parents sometimes struggle. Can I take my kid here? Are the people going to be accepting? You know, if my kid has a meltdown, uh, or if there's again peanut butter on the ears they're not going to look at them funny that we're not going to do that and that's sure that this club is is open and that we we offer those things nobody this nobody is, thinks anything different this is the first time i'm hearing uh, of this and i like to think I'm, I'm pretty wired in um is is tell me more about the stigma of trying to get over that to let everybody know did you say north cape yacht club yeah north cape yacht club. what's what is getting over the stigma to let people know to get the word out that people are welcome to take advantage of this you don't have to have a six-figure salary to be here we are a sailing club we are our north cape exists to promote the sport of sailing we that is that is our whole mission and so again we allow people to come up we take people sailing we do wednesday night uh race nights we do friday night fun sail races where there's kind of no rules uh we do sometimes other ones where you got to sail to certain points and collect things from another boat so there's a whole fun element to it as well and i think that people can you know look us up We're, again there's a website facebook um instagram for north cape but the, send an email give a phone call reach out to me personally uh and i'll get you connected with somebody up at the club and get you out there where's the physical club at so ironically it's actually in michigan okay. uh it's exit nine off uh, 75 north LaSalle okay. road um and it's over by toledo beach marina which most people i think might have heard of or been familiar with just north of luna pier sure sure um so is that you're part of the yacht club and scott tracked you down and the north cape yacht club Part of the sailing community and sailing, uh, once you get into it, it's amazing. You have friends all over the the country. You, sailing is a very tight knit group of people. If everybody's, that's what I was trying to emphasize: is the friendliness. I can walk into any other club somewhere and probably know somebody, or say, "Hey, I want to go sailing today." So I'll be like, "Yeah, sure, up in my boat." And that's kind of what it is. I didn't know Scott before, but he met somebody that I knew, and they had mentioned this program, and they knew my background with special needs as a former special ed teacher. And they said, hey, do you want to talk to Brian? Called me up. I was like, yeah, sure, let's do this. So this sounds like a great program. Tell me more about your background working with special needs kids and what drew you to that. 
I uh, was a for special education teacher for a number of years. I started the Maritime Academy downtown, actually. Uh, Very familiar but, with it. Yeah, built, uh, was down there years ago. It was a great program. I uh, had the opportunity to go overseas, though. Uh, so I ended up leaving and went overseas. And what I was doing was building special ed programs for international schools around the world because they were kind of laxing in that. This was a number of years ago now, as I'm dating myself. But uh, I did that for about 10, 12 years. Um, and that's always been my passion, and I came back to the, it was time to come back to the U.S. after a while. So it's kind of made a career pivot, um, but now keeping this special needs uh, aspect in my life is very important. What was the initial draw to special needs? Is there a personal anecdote or story connection in your life, yourself personally? I'm not sure. Again, I'm, I'm out of date. I'm not sure if the special needs are still used or not. I know with the whole PC world, I'm sorry if I No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> I, can, I can soften those blows. I can soften those blows. And again, that's one of the things why yeah. we do this podcast, to normalize things, to sure. educate people. So we're using the right phrases, words, and of course. Yeah. So tell me your background. Well, with that. My degree is in, I was an intervention specialist, mild to moderate disabilities. Uh, I actually grew up uh, with severe ADHD. Um, so I actually went to a school that was now no longer here. It's called Mary Immaculate. It was a school for kids with, you know, learning disabilities, as we referred to them back then. Um, I'm lifelong friends with a lot of those kids still today. Uh, um, and I think as I grew up, I, I knew, I learned how to cope with my my issues and things I needed to, to do in order to focus, and it's still hard to this day, uh, but I've learned. And I've always kept in touch with some of the students after I, I, I got into the degree, and it just kind of spoke to me. I actually started in business, hated it, started went to undeclared or something, and then got into uh, the special needs classes uh, in the university, as it was, again, referred to back then, and I just loved it. Again, the adaptability, here's a math problem. Figure out how to teach it three different ways. Cool. I like, I like that. I like that challenge. So that's what I went on to do, and I, I really enjoyed it. To, to go back to when you were uh, younger, how, what were some of your coping strat strategies when you got the diagnosis or reflect back knowing that these were the symptoms? Reflecting back, there was, I hate to say this, but there's probably some things that were done wrong. Again, they give you extra time. Well, as a kid with severe ADHD, severe ADHD time is my enemy. So it would have been better to have chunked things, which then I figured out myself. I'm like, oh, okay, I could do this for five minutes. I'm going to go run around the building. And then we'll come back and do this for 10 minutes. I'm going to go, you know, and start chunking pieces together. And that's what I did. But when I was in school, they were, uh, it was all nuns that were the teachers. And they were fantastic about, again, working with you. Just, okay, let's break this apart. Let's chunk this. Let's do these things. Um, I think that was that was part of the coping things. And that's what I still do now is I have to make checklists and short ones. Um, if I have a huge list, I'll break it apart and I'll be like this, number two, number two, number three. Uh, I'll get to those. What's the priority? Get to these. Check them off. Yeah. I always encourage. It, it, it's almost like we've formed a societal ADHD, mostly because of our phones. Um, I think everybody's got it a little bit in them. And, and yeah. I always encourage because I fell prey to this when I got to a certain point in my career. I was like, oh, I can remember to do everything. But then I, I realized I couldn't. I was forgetting things. There was just too much going on. It was a, a torrent of things. Then I started making lists and I regretted it. I regretted not doing it sooner. And now one of the basic things I throw at people is make a list. I know you think you can remember, but you can. Lists are really important. And then I'm sure you you prioritize them, whether you use colors or got to get oh, this yeah. done first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Colors is huge. Um, tell me, to go back to sailing, what is a, a day in, in the camp like for the kids? And, and you talked about how it's not just a 
level of peace or focus there's a physical aspect to it as well sure so the first day kids start off in kind of a classroom setting so again we have a big whiteboard we're teaching them what wind looks like so it's kind of hard what to, wind looks right? like right exactly so that's hard obviously for anybody to visualize but we kind of draw that out and that gives them an idea and we re-explain it to them so it's like there's pizza there's a circle it's a pizza okay right what's the stuff you hate on a pizza Okay, that's where the wind, that's where you don't want to be. You okay. don't want the boat to point that way. Okay. So what do you really like? So, okay, you're going to keep it here in these two or three or four slices. That's where you, the stuff you really like, and that's how to, that's the point of the boat. Okay. Got it. Right? The bad, rest of this pizza is bad. They learn knot tying, basic knot tying uh, with, the, with, the, with some lines. They, we go over terminology of the boat. So they understand, hey, this is high side, low side, tacking, jabbing, turning sails, what the parts of the boat are. Uh, then we get them out on the water. And what we've been using are about J, what they're called J24s. Uh, it's a big boat. We can get about six to eight people on it. And uh, we get them on the water, make sure they're comfortable. Everybody's in life jackets, understanding water safety, boat safety, all of that. And then, yeah, but we try to get them out on the water right away. And... It- and there's a physical aspect to it because I'm sure some of this, they, they might not expect this. I'm guessing it's a bit of a workout for some kids, some human beings who do this, right? Sure. Yeah. Especially on a, on, a, on, a, on a crazy day of weather. Not like yesterday, but when it's a windier day than others, you're fighting not just, I guess, the boat, but, uh, but the, the weather out in the water. Yeah, absolutely. So luckily this week we had flat, calm seas and, and stiff winds, which was awesome. Um. Did you, you were doing a special needs, that was your interest uh, in education, was there a sailing or maritime interest before the school or did the school create more of that interest and get you to where you are now? Uh, I always had a maritime interest. I got into sailing uh, from an old friend, Brittany Lashway. She came up to me the freshman year of high school and said, hey, you wanna go sailing? I said, absolutely. Um, so that's how I ended up up at North Cape. And I had sailed before that. I had gone you know, sailing at camp and things. So when I graduated college and I found out about maritime school, I was like, oh, it's a yeah, that's right up my alley. Sure. With the, anything that has to do with the water uh, and then being able to, you know, work with their special needs department and help them put, a couple, put together a couple of programs was great. So I think when we got to finding this element and then working with Scott to put a program like this together was just, yeah. Um, how, o- in the making. how often does Scott come into the... Oh. Sorry, the lights went off. No this problem. happens 11 minutes or so in every podcast. Um, does Scott show up? To, what's Scott like as a as someone who created this operation? Does he come to the camps? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, tell, yep. me, tell me a little bit about more about Scott, what he does when he shows up at camp day. Yeah, he's at all of them. So he comes in, Great. he's organizing everything. Hits, this is his baby. He He's put this together. He's making this into, into what it is. Comes in, we get the kids together. Kids, All the kids get a, a, a shirt, a Spectrum Sailing shirt. Um, we... we work with the yacht club so like when he was working with me when we were calling different places it's okay i need this this and this to make this thing go off so we get everything together volunteers first day is actually monday where all the volunteers go through what's referred to as a neurological um training for or understanding if they haven't worked with children with autism what to expect um if they, any of the kids need some physical disabilities some kids i have more a severe autism than others um, some, you know, like you said, some need headphones, some, sure. you know, it's a touch thing, some it's feel the thing, spectrum sound, is total spectrum, limitless, right? limitless <laughs> colors. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So again, they, everybody goes through that. Scott gets everybody through it, works with the kids, make sure all the kids are comfortable, that we understand um, their needs and it makes, uh, makes the camp happen. 
Um, what is the future of spectrum sailing? More camps, more more places around the country and the world? Uh, I, I think again, like the spectrum, it is endless. I think sure. we could make this thing happen. Well, whether Scott could attend all the camps once this thing really blows up, which I don't see why it wouldn't. Uh, we could make this into a, a really good nonprofit organization that we are able to, again, with anything, it's sponsorship, right? Sure. And you need that. So, so if, anybody, if anybody's listening, they're from the Libby family. Uh, <laughs> 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 but uh, that's the big thing is, uh, but it's, 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 I think putting money towards something like this where you're, you're changing lives, you're changing the community, you're opening up something to people that wouldn't have the opportunity otherwise. That's where you want to, if you're going to donate, donate to something like that. Sure. And of course, for us, oh, it's a volunteer based, but it's getting the boats out there and helping to create the training for the volunteers. Uh, T-shirts, things like that, and travel for Scott. So continually, continually looking for volunteers, yeah? Yeah, well, if, at each club. But again, if we, we can do this every year and then get this going at other yacht clubs around the country, uh, this could be an absolute great thing. How often is uh, are the camps here or in this this area that might be drivable for uh, for Northwest Ohio people or Southeast Michigan people? Right now, uh, this is brand new. This is our first time Got doing it. it up here, the first year. So we're going to see how this grows, but I don't see why we wouldn't be able to do this uh, again. Uh, there's obviously a control issue. You don't want this thing to balloon and get away from you sure. too much. So we'll scale slowly. Um, we'll talk with Scott. Sorry, I'm talking on Scott's behalf on some of this, but um, that's kind of my vision as a business person as well. I see these. I see how these things can go. But I know he wants to do like Cleveland, Toledo, Chicago, kind of have a line because he wants to be involved. He likes being there. He loves sailing with the kids and right. watching their transition, watching the kids' transformation and their confidence level build. That's a huge part for him uh, and his family as well. So uh, we'll see. Can you give me a story of something that an observation that you noticed this week? Maybe it was just simply a, a look on a kid's face when they touched something on the boat or they made a knot and are the parents there as well? Parents are there. Yeah, we have a spectator boat that parents can go out on. So they're separated enough, right? Can you can you give me a story from this week that that shows spectrum sailing in action? Oh, man, there was a few kids and they were I'll put it this way. I'll use the group, the group as a whole. A few of the kids were a little nervous. First day, we had some weather. Um, again, they're getting used to the sound of the sails flapping and the boat, how it moves and heels and things. A couple of kids get out there. They have, they're like, I don't want to, I want to come in. I want to come in. So we bring them in, let them have a break, give them a knees. By the third day, they're like, I want to get on. When are we getting on the boat? When are we getting on the boat? And they're just, they didn't want to come in. So, Great. and part of that, I think, is just to see the smiles on their faces, um, and the friends that they make while they're at camp too, and learning with others um, is, yeah. Hopefully, uh, we can connect again, and you will have heard some more stories of positive outcomes from the camp. Uh, like you mentioned, the kids riding their bikes right. or just doing other activities that they weren't accustomed to. Sure. Because hey, not everybody's got to do the same thing to enjoy themselves or to get get outside of their comfort zone. Um, SpectrumSailing.org. Tell me uh, last couple of things about uh, North Cape Yacht Club. Yes. Sounds like uh, you welcome everyone. Sure. How can everyone, the community at large, get involved if they'd like to? You can hop on our. We have a website and. A Facebook group, you can reach out to us very easily. There's an email. Um, I can't tell you what the email is right offhand. <laughs> I apologize, but you can get a hold of me. I'll give uh, you my contact information. You can reach out to me directly, cell phone, email, uh, or again, contact the club. We do have a club phone number and a club email where we'll happily reach out to you. And there's, again, Adult Learn to Sail. And we do offer uh, Sail Camp as well. Spectrum Sailing is new. I am sure in the 40 years that we've been doing Sail Camp, uh, at North Cape, we've had kids come through with probably with autism, with yeah. something else that again, just either undiagnosed or 
the parents just didn't sell us because there's no reason to, right? Kids, a kid, kids, a kid. So maybe that kid is now an adult, and they have overcome things that weren't diagnosed because sure. they fell in love with this. Yeah. So Louis, I'll give you an example. Louisiana, uh, down there, uh, what's what city? New Orleans uh, club has done spectrum sailing, and they're they're obviously because they're on the water, on the ocean, and they've got a lot of water. They've got a huge sailing program down there. They've actually sent four kids uh, on the Olympics or the Special Olympics. To compete in sailing. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, it is. Uh, sailing is an Olympic sport, is it yeah. not? Yeah. Um, last couple of questions. We can do the fun things and we'll get all the information. We'll throw that uh, in the podcast link so people can connect. I'm, I want to connect a little bit more as well. Um, what is uh, a good first couple of sailing tips or um, this might be for you if or this is not for you if? If you get seasick, don't. don't, uh, don't <laughs> that's not something you can overcome, right? No, that's a little difficult to overcome. It, okay, it's doable, but it's it's. How about if a rough road? If you do like this, sailing might be for you. If you do, if you like, uh, if you like independence, if you like learning something new that is challenging outside your realm, if you've always dreamed about being on the water, or just always enjoy boating, this is definitely for you. Um, if you've, I guess. Part of it for me, there's, there's two aspects. So there's big boating, which we do, which I love. It's just, you go out there, it's peaceful. It's and there's a, But there's also a competitive aspect to it. So there's leisure sailing and competitive sailing. And then there's sort of competitive sailing, like what we do on Wednesdays, where it's like, meh. <laughs> have a few drinks, Paul. Uh, we're, we're, we're having fun. Like people who, who go play golf, but it's really drinking while they take some swings. Yeah, exactly. Got yeah, it, there got you got go. it. So even, uh, for instance, uh, this week, uh, the the Monroe, I want to do a shout out to the Monroe County Sheriff, brought their boat over for Spectrum Sailing so the kids could get on one of the sheriff's awesome. boats. The U.S. Coast Guard came out with their boat and their cadets and talked with the kids about boat safety, let the kids get on their boat. It was awesome. They loved it. Uh, and to the Mud Hens. Uh, Muddy the Mud Hen came up and we actually got uh, Muddy out on a sailboat. So we've got Excellent. pictures of him driving out on the. So if we can get Muddy the Mud Hen out there driving a sailboat, get him, we, we can get, get anybody. you out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to come. <laughs> Although, I don't have. Uh, what is the. Is it, would it be aquaphobia? Is that the fear of water? I think so. Sure. I, I am. I do have a fear of heights. I don't want to jump out. Any time somebody says you want to jump out of a plane, I'm like, no, uh, not, not particularly. Yeah, that's why they're doors. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm not afraid of water, but I've seen enough movies where I know that that water is scarier than people give it credit for. Yeah, it can be. It'll get good pick up, but, you know, we, we're, we keep our heads about us. If it's too rough, we don't go out. What's a, what's a water movie that resonates with you? For me? That maybe you either, you like it a lot because it represents sailing well, or you're like, this is complete and total BS. This would never actually happen. Uh, Captain Ron. That takes you back. What's Captain Ron? Captain Ron. Oh, God. Refresh my memory. It was uh, Martin Short and... Steve Martin? Steve, no, it was, yes. He wasn't in that one. No, he inherits a boat, a huge boat, and has to go down and see the Caribbean and sail it and makes his family go with him. And uh, the family just obviously ends up Love it, hated it at first, and then just gets into sailing and really it, it hits those aspects where they all of a sudden the wind hits the sail, the engine's off, and all you hear is the water, and it does those. It's a great movie. I loosely remember it as an 80s movie, yeah, Something yeah, wrong? yeah, 80s, early 90s. Um, ever since I watched Open Water, I've looked at water completely different. <laughs> Are you familiar with that movie? I think so, yeah, yeah, the people get miscounted on a tropical vacation, right. and the boat takes off, and they're just there in the water for two hours <laughs> yeah. letting things peck and eat at them yep. uh, what's the big what's the big sailing website that people that sailing wonks go to and what's the big sailing podcast 
Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, uh, I'm not sure. I don't have an answer. Okay, that. that's fine. La- uh, last, last question then. Do you like seafood? I love it. Okay, good. 100%. Seafood tips? Especially for people who don't like seafood, I I'm, I eat what I guess would be called like white fish. Okay. I don't get real adventurous. I don't want any shellfish or anything like that, but I, I never go to it. So what's a good tip for people who might not like seafood, but you could get them into it? Ooh, try Kangos. Try what? Kangos downtown. Like downtown? Yeah. Whoa. He's excellent. It's nothing like you've ever eaten. It's, he's phenomenal. There are some exotic. Kango's a friend of mine. We used to. I used to live above that building. Okay. Um, I would never do the omakase, um, and when I think of that stuff, that's not your traditional fish. That might not be a good starter for somebody. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so just go get some tuna. Go get. Yeah, it. I don't know. There. See, like regular fish for me, that doesn't. That gives you the fishy smell. That's why I like the kind of. I don't want to say higher end stuff, but the stuff that's a little fancier. It's nicer. It doesn't. Get a bit of fish smell. A friend of mine is uh, an exotic eater. He went to a place or he goes to a place, and you'll likely know this, it's right over the border in Michigan, and he came back with something that resembled octopus. Do you, are you familiar with this place where no. he's buying these exotic seafood no, items? No, I want to. Yeah, I'll <laughs> ask him what it is. Uh, Brian Holohan, I said the last name, right? Yes. Right? Awesome. Good to meet you. Thanks for coming on 68 Words. Awesome. Thank you so much. This is Chief Armstrong of Toledo Fire and Rescue. 68 Words has been a production of the Ability Center, hosted by Cumulus Media's Eric Chase. Engineering provided by Will Mellon and executive produced by Mallory Crooks. If you, your group, organization, or business is interested in hosting a disability awareness experience or have other inquiries, please contact info at abilitycenter.org. Until next time, think differently. Think differently. Think differently.